Hey guys, this is Eric, and you're listening to Bucket Talk, powered by Brunt. We've all seen the foam inserts that live inside toolboxes, but we probably never thought about who's the guy behind the scenes that made that happen. This week, we talked to Brian Way, owner of Kaizen Inserts, to hear how he found success in a super niche foam inserts category and completely dominates the category. This is Bucket Talk, a weekly podcast for people who work in the trades and construction that aren't just trying to survive, but have the ambition and desire to thrive. The opportunity in the trades and construction is absolutely ridiculous right now. So if you're hungry, it's time to eat. We discuss what it takes to rise from the bottom to the top with people who are well on their way and roll up their sleeves every single day. Hey guys, Eric here with Brian Way of Kaizen Inserts. Brian, first and foremost, just wanted to thank you for taking time out of not only your busy day, but your busiest time of year to sit down and talk with the folks here at Bucket Talk. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to it. Awesome, awesome. So before we get into the empire known as Kaizen Inserts <laughs> that I'm that that I'm newly getting introduced to, let's get to know a little bit about the early days of Brian as far back as you're comfortable going. Doesn't doesn't matter how, but Where'd you grow up? What were you into? What made kind of the early days of who who Brian is today? And and, and then we'll get into Kaizen later on. Well, uh, that's definitely uh, a loaded question. So uh, <laughs> I, I could start early. Uh, I, I haven't gone far from home. I, I grew up uh, basically. Uh, I grew up, got married, live in uh, uh, the next town over and work uh, in in another town adjacent to that, all within a five mile radius. I've never gone anywhere, so it's uh, you know I, I'm a homebody at heart for sure. You know, at, at heart, I am probably a lot of people would say I'm a gearhead. Uh, I've always been into uh, cars, trucks, uh, RCs as a kid, building them, running them, flying them, whatever it is. Uh, my father was in the in the trades. He was a, a painting contractor, and uh, he did other other stuff as well. But the business, uh, growing up in the '80s, you know, everybody, everything was booming in the '80s. So uh, I was fortunate to kind of live as a as a teenager through that, um, and of of course all the hair bands as well. You know, so there's <laughs> there's my music. Um, but growing up. Uh, you know, at, as a gearhead with a fa- with my father as a contractor, uh, I was always into fixing things, taking things apart, putting them back together. Uh, I'll fast forward a bit to high school. Um, uh, I went to a trade high school for carpentry. So, yeah, I took uh, three. So that would, it's Eli Whitney Tech. So uh, hold on. So you yeah. left middle school and went straight into a carpentry high school. So at an early age. So, uh, yeah, that would be ninth grade, uh, freshman. Yeah. So I started carpentry in ninth grade. So before that I was brought up, um, in a Christian school. Um, so I didn't go through, uh, I was in the general, uh, uh, general education, public education until I think second grade. And then I was in uh, a Christian school until eighth grade. And then from there I went into uh, a technical high school, which was uh, a lot of fun. Um, and currently still connected with a lot of the guys in my carpentry shop. You know, we've been connected over the years and, and made really good business relationships with them as well. So from there, um, I, uh, I actually went, I was starting my business at about 18 years old and no I had the, way. yeah, uh, I, I literally started my business, uh, when I actually, I, I started working when I bought my first, I bought my first truck when I was 15 
And uh, so at 16, the day I turned 16, I had already had it all set up with tools. I was already going out doing jobs. I was doing carpentry work for the houses that my father was painting. I actually was fortunate enough to gain an instant database of clients because his clients became my clients. So um, it definitely helped boost my business back back in the day. And oh, so he was painting and you were then doing the carpentry. Right. Side of that. Right. Yeah. And where we grew up in his type of work, there was a lot of old homes, Victorian homes, just very large homes, uh, you know, 100 year old houses that uh, were very ornate and always needed restoration work. And there there, you know, it was it was a great area to grow up in. And then things kind of went. Uh, uh, some people think it, it went a little weird for me because when I graduated high school, I actually went to another technical school after that for one year for electrical because electrical always interested me. I've I I've always from day one had an interest in electronics and building things. Um, so I actually went in for electrical and I worked for an electrician for a short amount of time while I was still building my carpentry business and woodworking business. I sort of lost interest uh, within about a two-year time span, and my business was starting to grow. So um, I continued my carpentry, and from there, it, it quickly evolved into doing cabinet-making, custom woodworking. And at about, I want to say around 21, 22, maybe, maybe it wasn't that young, maybe 24 years old, I bought um, my first business condo. Uh, I had a 4,000 square foot business condo and I put my woodworking shop in it. Wow. Um, so I, uh, I did that for, um, until about 2006, I moved one time in 2003, I moved to, uh, a larger facility. We had almost, uh, we had about 10,000 square feet at the end, maybe a dozen wow. or so, a dozen or so employees. This took me to about 2006, and th what a lot of people don't know what happened in my life is I, right before the economy tanked, I, took, I tanked as well, so my, my business went bankrupt. I had a lot of companies at that time that were uh, failing on paying me, and uh, I, I fell victim to, uh, to that as well. So that was, uh, that was a very difficult time in my life. My, uh, I was... Uh, in my married life at home and with, with everything, it just didn't, doesn't make things easy. Right. So, right. you know, at all from there, uh, I had a very short amount of time. I call it my transition time where, uh, someone came in and sort of took over my shop. I was, I sold all the assets to him, uh, so I could start, so I could pay things off. And then, um, within a year, I knew that was sh short lived within a year. I, uh, then moved to, uh, approaching a lot of my um, previous competitors in the woodworking industry and said, hey, I'm building, uh, I'm building a truck. Uh, I I'm going to be an installer. I've got a, I've got a small crew. We want to start installing millwork. So for the next 10 years, um, we installed custom millwork and built stuff on site. I had a mobile shop. Uh, we had two box trucks uh, over a period of time. Uh, the second one was really dialed in. It's uh, it's also I'll plug myself. It's all over YouTube. If you if, in, yeah, if you if, in YouTube, if you type in lean truck, as in lean manufacturing, it'll be the first thing that comes up every time. So Ooh. it's a it's a really it's a really cool. Uh, it was a really cool piece of my history. It really helped me dial in. And this is where the Kaizen inserts is going to start coming in. It helped me yep. dial in with how I had to go from working in a 10,000 square foot shop to 
a 14 foot box truck and I basically had to put all the necessities of of uh, the business and what I was doing and building into that truck, uh, in, into that mobile shop. So in, in doing that, that tra- question in the lead yeah. truck, what it was, was it cabinets? Was it, was it everything kind of anything and everything or was there it, a focus? Um, the truck was, was basically geared for commercial millwork installation, residential and commercial. But so I could, the truck was made so I could back up to a loading dock at a commercial space, park it there and and fabricate out of it. There was chop saw set up, table saw, drill press, planer, just all the necessities in there. There was power, air, like you could literally work in there with two people the way it was set up. Wow. So and I so in doing that, I really had to learn how to dial things in and make the most use of my space. Therefore, uh, that that's gonna you know slowly turn <laughs> yeah. into what oh, I yeah. what I started doing with foam. So I'm gonna have to back up a bit in um in 2002, I, I opened up kind of a second business, an online business. Uh, that was called bpway.com. It's still active. And I started reselling, you know, my basically my favorite products, the things that we would use, the things that I knew and understood. And those are, those are the items that um, you carry. So you're a, re- yeah. you're a retailer for products that you've used. You're a subject matter expert in, you could talk to and service and all that stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. So one of my first vendors was a a company called FastCap. And um, they back then it wasn't it wasn't as easy as it is now to reach out to companies and people and try to just sell their product. Things operated quite differently. Yeah, um, there, yeah. there was no, there's no Instagram. There was no Facebook. <laughs> well, maybe there was Facebook. Yeah, there was Facebook. Maybe uh, what? I, I'm not sure. But, oh, yeah, okay. no, close. But to barely. That. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. So things did operate differently. So in in doing that, uh, I I was selling FastCap for a while, and FastCap is a big part of my life. Um, or the shall I say, the owner uh, Paul Akers has had a huge influence on my life. I would actually consider him uh, one of my business mentors and uh, uh and probably the most Im- important one I-, I could reach out to him at any time and and have a question for him and he would always be there johnny on the spot and, and respond to me uh he's oh, been a big awesome. big part of my life so he uh he's invented a lot of products and he takes i'm not sure if you know the concept of fast cap they take a lot of ideas from other contractors and they call them dbc de- designed by cabinet maker and they'll sell the product and then they give the the person who designed it or invented it, uh, a commission on that. And uh, I, I have products with FastCap as well, uh, with some of my oh, earlier nice. products. Yeah. So his, one of his products was Kaizen Foam, the layered foam to help you become more organized. You, you cut it, you peel it out, you pull out the layers and put your foam, put your tools in there. And that came out after I built my truck, but very shortly after. So I was able to quickly integrate it and start uh, and start really dialing things in and organizing things out. So in in doing that, uh, the only box system, toolbox system that was really available back then was Tanos, or most people would know it as Festool. Oh, yep, yep. So all of my Tanos boxes were fitted out with foam, all the tools, all my rolling carts that we would unlatch from the truck and wheel into the into the job sites. Everything was fitted out with foam, dialed in. Everyone that saw the stuff always had something to say they they you know it would just they were enamored with the way we functioned and, and worked so i figured you know what this 
seems to interest people, I, I, I'm going to just start cutting out some of these things. I'm going to make a template out of plywood because I was already selling products online. So I figured I'm going to make a template out of plywood. I'm going to put it on the foam. I'm going to just start popping these things out with a router and making all these inserts out of uh, the fast cap foam. So yep. I started doing that one at a time. And, uh, you know, we do them sheets at a time, put them on the website they'd sell. They were doing really well on eBay for a while. And it got to the point where um, uh, I couldn't really keep up with doing it by hand. So I um, I purchased my first CNC uh, to uh, put in my garage at the time because I didn't have a shop. So I have a I have a two floor detached garage, just twenty four by thirty on the first level, twenty four by twenty four second level. So my first level was full. So my I started my first CNC um, was in the second floor of my garage. Got it. So yeah, so we we just kind of I I learned uh, I learned all the software, started drawing things and and popping out these simple uh, the simple foam inserts. CNC for those of us who aren't in the world of CNC, which you're deep in. You program it to basically cut out the pattern, right? And then it could just run itself. You just have to sw swap in the material, right? And Correct. And it does the work, and you can go do something else or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yep. So this is basically, we're going to call this a side job to my real job because I'm still installing millwork full-time right. doing, doing on-site stuff. So, so you're working like half days, it sounds like, most days. Right, yeah, yeah, half days. <laughs> it depends on how you how you cut that clock out. So, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, we'd work uh, an eight or whatever, eight or nine hour day of, of my normal job. And then I'd come home and I'd spend four hours, three, four hours in the back. And that would grow over time. And it got oh, yeah. to the point where um, uh, I had one of one of the guys that was working for me. I brought him in. I'm like, you know, do you have an interest in helping me with this? You know, uh, so it ended up being more than helping me. He ended up doing that for me in my garage while I was still out installing. So I'm still kind of oh, wow. still kind of running that business. Um, and I, I think it was a very important it's a very important step because it's hard to dive into a new business when when you're not so sure at it. You know, you you yep. there's there was a lot of uncertainty. I mean, I was it wasn't really a business. I was just making a product and it was selling. Okay. You know, so, and I, and I had enough work to keep someone going for four hours a day, five hours, five hours a day. And, and that grew over time. But, um, you know, I was working, uh, I didn't have any overhead. I had basically a job and a half and yep. it was, it, you know, it was going quite well. So, I'll fast forward a little bit. A, a good, a good friend of mine. Um, he's actually a, a, a pretty well-known YouTuber, Izzy Swan. Uh, he said to me one day, uh, and he knew how busy I was. He knew I was working two jobs. Uh, we, you know, we're, we're good friends. We bounce business ideas off each other all the time. And uh, one day he said to me, he says, "You know, Brian," he says, "I think you're standing in front of a, a freight train, and you need to get out of its way." And I'm gonna, I, I left out some, uh, some extra words that he put in. <laughs> But, but, um, and, and that, that stuck with me for a while. And I think maybe about six months into, uh, into that, uh, I realized, you know what, that things are getting out of control now because I, I bought a second CNC machine, um, six months after the first or eight months after the first. Um, and then within another six months, I bought a third CNC. Now I have three Whoa. CNCs and a two and a 24 foot by 24 foot and, and that's uh, your that's your side hustle at the time. and this is my yeah and this is my side hustle exactly <laughs> so um 
I had so then at, at that point I had one full time guy, uh, eight hours a day cutting all my foam, and um, and he actually brought in his wife. He he said I can't keep up. You know, my wife now my wife needs work. She's out out of work. Can I can I bring her in? And I would kind of. I kind of hemmed and hawed and I was like, oh, I don't know another person. I don't know if that's necessary, but so, you know, I, I brought her in and she started working, uh, some time as well. And so now I have two people working and three and three CNCs running five computers <laughs> in a 24 by 24 foot space. So, and, and the foam was stored off site. I had a container. I was using my box truck to go back and forth. It wasn't lean, and I was practicing and preaching lean, but I, I couldn't <laughs> right. I couldn't possibly uh, function that way. So I, I took Izzy's advice. I got out of the way of the freight train. I went and rented a, a, a thousand square foot spot and moved into there. I purchased another five by twelve CNC in addition to these three others, and then six months later, I needed another thousand square feet. And then six months later, I needed more, so now I have six thousand square feet. Wow! And and now I'm it. And now I'm six months into this place, and it's full. So I I, I don't know what what's going on uh, uh, with with foam and other products. The the foam kind of led into other products. We have other tools and and really uh, really cool affiliate products that we make for different brands and toolboxes and. I have other manufacturers that work for me and, and supply stuff as well. It's not it's not just us. Um, yep. We're manufacturing and, all and, the and, and so hold on, we're about to get into Kaizen as a whole. But before we do, when did the when did you you still running the no. installation business or you shut that? You know, you now, did the full I, switch over. Yeah, I'm sorry, I shut that down no, no. when I rented the first thousand square foot space uh, it, four it. miles from my house. So. Yep, I, yep. I decided to pull the plug on that. And not only did I pull the plug on that, I sold my truck. Uh, I, I the shut the truck that kind of put me on the map as far as, uh, you know, just people recognizing who we are as a as a company. You know, it was, it was in a bunch of different magazines. And even to this day, I people ask, oh, do you still have the truck? Can I come and see the truck? I'm like, no, I sold the truck. And they, and they get more upset than I do about it. I don't even miss it anymore. No, that's an important lesson though, because um, there's a, there's a, obviously there's a guy you know a famous YouTuber, but uh, a gentleman who I've got to meet a few times, but a guy by the name of Gary Vaynerchuk, and he's one of the things that sticks with me is he says that you the minute you get romantic is the mis- minute you go out of business, and so absolutely you hanging yep. on to that truck or that legacy business was would have been nice and sweet, but like you would have missed out on what Kaizen is today, right? Right. Is, right. So. Exactly. And, you know, it and my, my son always makes a makes a joke. Uh, he's like, I don't get it, dad. It's just foam. You know, <laughs> what is going mm-hmm. on? here? So he's working for me now as well. Um, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So, you know, you got to bring in all the family, too. Oh, um, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's it, it really opened up the doors. Um, now, we are by no means the first company to put things into foam. I mean, that's right. been, you know, company. The Air Force has been doing that for years, you know, um, but where there there is, you know, yeah, there's the hustle. But I also believe that there's sometimes a little bit of luck involved and timing is always of the essence. Um, and by luck, I mean luck and timing. So right. be- because we were manufacturing, we we're making the foam inserts for the Tanos and no one else had toolboxes out. I was right on the edge of seeing all these other brands start creating these European style 
toolbox systems for uh, you know job site portability. Every, from DeWalt to Milwaukee to um, Bosch isn't really big over here, but because I was I was right there with I was already set up for doing all this. The moment that those things were available, I was creating foam for them or or accessories or products, yep. and and then I was making some adaptable to fit some others. And and so when I say luck, I mean luck and timing. I mean I was doing it at the exact right time. I didn't go into it with all these all these toolbox companies and systems that were already out there. They came into play after I already started. So yep. I, I think that, that was that's a big part of why why we rank high in the search engines, why um, why it looks like sometimes that you know we're one of the only companies and or why we started this trend. Um, I like to think we did start a trend, <laughs> but yep, uh, yep, I, yep. I can't. I can't take credit for that. Um, well, the saying goes: the harder the harder you work, the luckier luckier you get. It sounds yeah. like sounds like you worked pretty hard. Yeah, we we worked guys. pretty hard, and you know, it, and because there's not there wasn't a lot of other companies out there doing what we're doing. Um, it unintentionally we unintentionally became ranked fairly high in the search engines. And, um, you know, one thing led to the next, and uh, I will actually attribute Instagram as a huge part of how it grew my I business. Like yeah, because um, I, I, without Instagram, I'm not sure we would have been able to tap into anyone, a- anywhere. I mean, it, it, I was reluctant to even join Instagram when, when some friends suggested it. And, um, and I did, and then I started understanding slowly the power of social media and how the most powerful business platform out there available right now is free and it's Instagram if you know right. um, and it and I don't think it'll work with anything um, I, I think you you have to have a product that people need that people want that works with that solves a problem um, that stops a struggle right now I'm we're, we're kind of geared towards everything that we're doing I want the products that we're selling to be struggle stopping products. So we're going to be changing some things up in the business and, and really, like and really pulling that, uh, pulling that out, the struggle stopping products. So, yeah, I mean, it, 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 and then other companies who may have been, you, you don't realize that, uh, some of these large corporations, they, you know, they're on Instagram too. They, they might be a CEO of a big company, but Let's face it, they probably have an Instagram account that they may or may use a little bit. And right. a lot of these big companies, when I, when they started hiring us or calling us for work, uh, I would ask them, I said, well, how'd you find me? And it was one of two ways. It was, uh, I saw you on Instagram. Or, um, well, I Googled foam for such and such, and you know you were the top 10 position, so I figured there's no one else that did it. So yep. I, it was always something like that. So you know, so you it, were so, so the last years, you were early? on search google search because you were one of the few that were there right and then naturally you rode to the top and then you were early again on instagram early enough where it looked like in both places you were the king king of the castle right there were other people there oh yeah and 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 again we are not the only uh the only game in town there's other people that do this but i'm not sure there's other people that are doing exactly what we're doing i mean that are making right foam inserts for all these different brands of toolboxes that everybody use. And, and fast cap has my back as well. I mean, they were, we're not just friends and, and business uh, partners, you know, it, 
you know, he's going to he's not going to allow another company to come in and use their foam and do the same thing. It wouldn't benefit anybody, you know. So, yeah. Um, yep. And this foam is very uh, it's proprietary to them. So, you so know, you have an exclusive you have a, essentially an exclusive license to the fast cap foam. No, I would use. definitely not say that because he sells the foam by the sheet. So you, could, you go on fastcap.com or any fastcap dealer and you could buy two by four sheets out of it. So you could buy it, uh, buy it by the sheet and you can get it less expensive. Um, but because we're pre-cutting it to fit all the toolboxes. Got, got it. You're doing the work. You're putting yeah, the value add. Exactly. So the value added is the time and labor that it saves. And there is the argument that, yeah, you could buy a piece of foam and, you know, and likely do it for less money yourself and spend the time. It's never going to be as accurate. I will say that it'll yep, because yep. we're at very accurately cut on a CNC and you're not going to save yourself any time. If you're out of work and you have nothing to do, I buy, I actually recommend it because you know, it's, it's, uh, it's kind of Zen like Kaizen. Yep. It's kind of Zen. So <laughs> go ahead, that. save yourself the money, do it, do it yourself, cut it out yourself. Um, Make the most frustrating part of cutting foam is cutting the box out. The tools are a lot more, they're a lot more fun to do, to lay out, to trace, to cut them out, to, you know, that, that's, it's actually a whole lot more fun because tracing out toolboxes and measuring, it's just very time consuming. Um, so we stopped the struggle and we did, it, you know, we did it for you. I love it. I love yeah. it. It reminds me of the, uh, the, the image I see, which is, you know, le the, these three lemons are 10 cents a piece. Uh, then then you do the work and then the glass eliminates like two bucks and it's like <laughs> a lot of people are like oh i'll just buy the lemons but it's like do you want to mash up those lemons do you want to mix them up do you want to put them in the ice or do you just want to pay the two bucks and get that nice glass you know glass of lemonade yeah and for me i just want the nice glass of lemonade because i'm gonna screw that foam up left and right absolutely like. absolutely and it you know you'd be or you maybe you wouldn't, wouldn't be surprised the um i do get a fair amount of people reaching out to me you know, kind of uh, requesting that I send them my design file that, you know, they just want to <laughs> make it for them. They have a CNC. They just want to make it for themselves. And yeah. I'm like, you know, that's great. But if you have a CNC and you have the CAD software, then just measure it and draw it yourself. If if it was that easy, then, you know, go. And, and then sometimes they get mad at me. I just say, we don't do that. We don't release it. It's just, you know, if you have the machine <laughs> and you have the way of doing it, then measure it yourself and do it. You know, it's so... Um, right. And I, I think we have the right to to claim our uh, claim our designs for ourselves. But oh, yeah. <laughs> no. uh, oh, wow. But yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it, it, in where we're at currently, we have some really good clients. I mean, we're doing larger projects. We're now uh, we're, we're selling to uh, working with other companies out, at, out of the country. We're uh, supplying toolbox, full toolbox systems with foam, with tools, shipping them all over the United States to uh, you know, you know, our, our clients and, um, it doesn't just end with foam. Now we have, uh, our, my eyes are, are open up to much, uh, bigger events, uh, in this, uh, in this tool yep. industry for sure. Got it. And yeah, so, so if you can't, and you, you might not be able to share more, but you have the direct to consumer customer like me, who's like, Hey, mm -hmm. you know, I'm hopefully going to hang out with you in the future. And I, I need a pack out system myself. And, you know, I got a couple houses I got to take care of, but I'm not like day in, day out. You have other, you have a B2B business. So you're reset, you're selling your stuff to someone else who's reselling that. Is that Correct. right? Correct. 
Yes. Yeah. We sell wholesale as well. Wholesale, and so yeah, we, yeah. we have a, um, a pretty, uh, a, a great, um, business partner that sells our product in Canada. It's Kaizen cases and inserts. And, uh, they have a storefront in Saskatchewan, uh, but they also sell online. So selling it, uh, we do ship to Canada, but, um, you know, shipping, shipping in, uh, the U S, uh, in our own States, it, it's a nightmare. Like it, it yeah. our ship, the shipping is a complete nightmare. Um, we don't pad our shipping prices. Sometimes the website does funny things and, uh, comes out with crazy prices and people think I'm intentionally padding it. We will give the money back. I don't always see what's going on. So if someone reaches out to me and says, <laughs> Hey, I think there's an issue. I will by by all means look at it and say, yep, you're absolutely right. It overcharged you $20. I'm going to give you your money back. Cause you know, the, the way our, our business, the way these shipping systems work and you sell online. So you understand yep. this too. Um, when, when you're buying multiple products and you have multiple variants, sometimes the system is adding variants or thinks that more variants are there than what's really there. And therefore the shipping gets overcalculated and everything is dimensional weight as well, even though it doesn't yeah. weigh anything. That's, that's the biggest thing I hear. Oh, it doesn't weigh anything. How, how expensive could it be? Well, they're charging us dimensional weight. They don't care that it weighs nothing. They're charging us as if it right. weighs a lot, you know, as like cinder blocks We're shipping cinder blocks. That's what they charge. So, yeah. um, yeah, it, it we're we're fighting shipping is our biggest battle and hurdle uh, by far. Like it, it's the it's my nemesis. <laughs> I can't, it's very difficult to deal with, you know. Okay, so you have the you have the you ship to consumers. You have this this wholesale business, and then as you look at the business, what's what is the big driver for it? Is it the is it you're making? Uh, you know, is the driver for it? Is it is it really spread out, or is it like hey? You know, you have a tool partner or two that is driving a ton of the business and everything else on the fringe, or you have a big contract or a big relationship. Like what's, you know, you don't have yes. to reveal names, obviously, but what's the big, you know, yeah, are you, well, yes. are you a big customer to one person or is it really you're spread across the board? Yes to everything. I mean, we are really spread across the board. Um, we have multiple uh, vendors, multiple wholesalers that buy our product and resell it. Um, we do, uh, we do a very large amount of, of daily sales, weekly sales online to our, uh, to our end users. Um, yep. but, but also our, our biggest clients are, um, military based or, um, aeronautical based or, you know, they're, they're, they're all things like that in the air, yep. air industry yep. of sorts. We have, we also have a, a whole line of customers that, buy the same item from us um, on a regular basis. So once a month or every two months, someone might order uh, 100 things or 500 or whatever it is. It's already in the system. It's already priced. They send over the purchase order. You know, there's a whatever, 10 to 15 day lead time, X amount of time we set that per, per order. And um, they come in, we put them in, we ship them out and they're on, a, they're on you know, they're all net 30 kind of pay. Um, yep. So we... Yeah, yeah, that's why I said yes to everything. Uh, the yep. end user, the wholesaler, the repeat business o order for a particular product that you know the customers that our clients are making, and they're just foaming it in their own box. So, yeah, yes to everything. Is it's just that's good. Um, so you're diverse. Yeah, right you're not, We're very you diverse. Have one, if you have one bad customer in one of those segments, you're not going out of business. You're two Correct. of the three, or three of the four could keep the other one afloat, and vice versa. Blah blah blah. Yeah. And what I will say is that is where I actually failed in my last business. I had, um, 
I think I put all my uh, eggs in one basket for the most part. I, I, I would say my I had one customer that was almost 70% of my business for years. And uh, and when they go out uh, owing a lot of money, it's uh, it's not recoverable sometimes. Right. Which is, which is what happened. So, yeah, having uh, having being diverse in in business in case one end of it fails is uh, is key for sure. I mean, we just purchased a uh, a Trotec laser that's coming in. We have a whole nother set of product lines coming out um, that I'm not going to divulge into yet. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we oh, come so on, come on. Might <laughs> give us to get us some more listeners. Yeah, it, it very well might. I'll, I'll, I'll put you on the cutting edge of learning what it is as, as, right, as soon as I right. can. Uh, but uh, yeah, got to stay diverse. You know, um, yep. it, it helps uh, keep the the monetary situation alive. You know, you, um, also I found um, in my previous business because everything was pay pay you get paid when you're done you know you give them an invoice you wait 30 60 90 days the commercial woodworking industry was completely brutal as far as payments residential not so bad but with what i'm doing now um you know you know online sales they pay immediately so the money is not going to be and should never be the problem in that case if they're paying for the product you you really got to be able to to send it out for sure um Now, my larger customers, um, you know, that's a different situation. Those are all, they're all kind of net 30 customers, but um, that it, it's not, like, like you said, it's diverse. So I'm not, I'm not concerned with, uh, with anything. Yep. Yep. Awesome. Okay. So, so you've hit on the big things that we talk about, which is modern technology, which is not only from your equipment, your CNCs to Instagram and social media, which is, you know, which I give you credit for getting on that stuff really. Uh, we hit on really finances and kind of how you're managing that, which is the, you know, no matter how good your product is, if you can't manage the finance end of the business, you know, you're going to go upside down. And so the last question I have is, and you touched on our, a little bit earlier, but in terms of people, which is very hard for a lot of small business people starting out of how do you hire some, you know, manage someone, train them. Yeah, you know, good my, question. My guess is you're right. You're you wouldn't be able to do this on your own, and no. you'd be dead. Uh, <laughs> and so, so what's your take and your learnings from all of your experiences, from good and bad, on, on yeah, building so a that's, team and infrastructure? That's a tough question. Um, I am very fortunate to have uh, two of my employees are the ones that started with me in my garage, so wow. they understand my. Uh, disorganized brain, my dyslexic brain, and how I function, uh, because we've been functioning, we've moved three times, they've been working with me since, you know, we're working in 10 square feet together. So very fortunate with that. They they are the backbone, without a doubt, uh, of my company. I couldn't do it without them. And yes, we, you know, we can train people to do things. And, uh, but uh, there are certain situations where uh, it may never it may never be as good, and I will give yep. them a, a public shout out to Eddie and Eddie and Jess uh, uh, that uh, they are they are the backbone for sure. You know, I come through that. So, oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So I mean, we're you know we're a small company. I have uh, uh, three uh, onboard employees, and occasionally right. bring in some other help or consultants or, or whatever. But um, we pretty much pump out everything we do with uh, myself plus plus three employees. And like I said, yep. occasionally. Uh, so as far as hiring goes, um, 
So I have a couple problems. I am my own bottleneck. My biggest problem, and you can see this on social media, I am not going to hide from it. I, uh, my biggest problem is customer service right now because I, I wear so many hats. They don't answer phones. We get, it used to be, I used to say we get about a hundred messages a day. I don't, I've, I have no idea. Like we're hundreds between phone calls, between Instagram messages, Facebook, texting, phone, you know, it, it just is never ending. There's not enough time in the day for me to do this, for me to get back to everybody. And yes, I, I'm, uh, I have someone that um, we're work, I'm working on hiring now as far as helping me manage all that. And, and I could and sh maybe should have a secretary answering phones and stuff. But the problem is that these questions that people are asking, um, this, is where, this is where the problem comes in. I'm the only one that can answer these questions. Right. Uh, you know, that, that is it. Like it, it's so difficult to train someone in in this field where I've just where I created and it, it's just it's it's the bottleneck of where I'm at right now. It, it's a, a growth stopper, if you will. I'm maybe yeah. it is, maybe it isn't, but I I, I am going to be making another step at some point. So hiring, I cannot do um, right now because I I'm pretty much at max capacity. I'm not at max capacity, but. I'm close to it as far as um, equipment. Now I could fit more. I could fit a little bit more equipment in the shop. More uh, another CNC router um, and and the laser is actually going to bring bring have to do with bringing in someone else as well. But yep. um, if I just brought in another person, where we're at, you know, one guy can run three CNC machines, bounce back and forth. I have six here. I mean, you could actually. Um, depending on the project and how long things run, I mean, one guy can run six machines, and and if it's done right, you could feed them and off off feed them and just keep walking down the line and doing it. It's, you know, it's actually exhausting, and you can only do this job for so many hours a day and be allowed yeah. the, around these loud machines and and everything, yeah. with, even yeah. with earplugs and stuff. Um, so hiring, yeah, um, anyone could be trained for anything. Um, I would hire based on uh, personality for sure, because if you have a great personality, there's nothing you can't learn. Almost nothing. I think you're, there's a lot of gifts and talents out there that, that you're born with, but yep. this is not one of them. This you can learn. However, you, you can't learn um, work ethic. That's something you're, uh, that's, you know, right. you're, you're born with. So if you, if you have a great personality, you're born with a good, good work ethic, then uh, that's probably what it would take. But when it, when it comes time for hiring more people, uh, you know, I'll, uh, those are, those are the kind of, I'm going to be looking for personal character traits, not, uh, yep. not as much experience in the shop, but website, the back end stuff like that. Um, I, I'm working with somebody now, uh, that is, uh, that's hopefully going to be helping me out in that department. Nice. Nice. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. So this is super, super exciting to get the, uh, the full spectrum and back backstory of, uh, which is crazy by the way. So from young, early entrepreneur starting his own business to bankruptcy to then back to the top, like you've kind of gone the roller coaster, yes. roller coaster ride of yeah. that, uh, and my wife, yeah, my yeah. wife has endured a lot of pain over the years. Yeah. So we, I mean, I was married at 22 years old. We've been married. Um, I'm not even sure how old I am. I, I think I've been married for, tw uh, it'll be 25 years now and I'm wow. 47 years old. Yep, so yep. I, I might have my math off. I don't even know. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> so she's endured everything with me. She's by my side, 
just always, uh, you know, cheering me on and she feels my pain. Sometimes she knows, uh, she, she knows when to push and, and when not to. Um, but for her, you know, I, I grew up, I, we built our house together, everything in the house, all the furniture we built together, we designed and built everything. And, and now I've, um, I was gonna, at one point I said, I've become a hobbyist woodworker, but I'm not even that because I work so many hours. I don't have, I have very little time for anything outside of work right now due to the, the workload at the shop. I mean, I'm here yeah. right, I'm here right now and it's 7.30 PM. So when, oh, yeah. and we, when we get done, I'm going to probably go back to work. So, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, I love, by the way, and that's an important lesson, which is in, in, it's not often talked about, but choosing your partner is super important because I always say, you know, I can go bankrupt tomorrow, you know, and I, and I've had a lot of bad stuff in my past, but like, I'll get back. I just need enough time and I can right. take back out. You just need someone that understands, Hey, listen, you know, I'm with someone that's going to, that's going to put it in and they're going to come back out of that hole. Not a lot of people are willing to put up with being in the hole for two years, three years, five, who, who knows how long it is. Right. And, and I've been in that hole and I've come out on the other side and having the partner that, especially for an entrepreneurial person like yourself, you're going to have the ups and you're going to have the downs and they're going to be extremes. They're going to be extreme downs and they're going to be extreme, extreme ups. Yeah. And hopefully long-term, you know, you end up in the up, but you got to fail a bunch before you really succeed oh, like you are right now. You certainly fail. You certainly fail a lot. Yeah. It, it, it's, uh, I never let it, let it get me too down, but, um, yeah, it's, uh, I've always had a pretty good work ethic. So, uh, um, yeah, that solves every, I honestly think that's a solution for everything. If you work hard enough, you'll, you'll, you'll make it work. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. All right. So to wrap things up, we always like to end on a little bit of a lighter note. And so we have two questions. The first question I have for us to understand Brian way and a little bit more personally is if you could spend 30 minutes with anyone in the world, living deceased celebrity, like unattainable, um, doesn't matter family, past relative, who would it be and why? Hmm. Um, can I give you one dead and one alive? Yep. You can do All right. that. That's totally fine. So I'll give you the alive first. Um, the, uh, the person that I'm going to mention, I, I believe is, uh, in my opinion, one of the uh, most impressive modern day inventors uh, and business people out there um, in Elon Musk, uh, I've read all, all the books about him. He's a very unique individual and and he's a person that would um, he'll bet the farm and he's come close to losing everything he's had multiple times because of his drive. And as crazy as some of those drives are, whether you want to go to Mars or you want to dig tunnels under the ground or you want to build the rockets that are that the space force is using today and in cars battery like he owns Elon Musk owns the largest battery company in the world solar company uh not the largest car company obviously but rockets i mean look at what this man has accomplished he's my age he's 47 years old and yeah. he nothing stops him he had a very difficult childhood he did not come from money he is a self-made inventor, entrepreneur, and billionaire. It's very impressive what he's achieved in his life. So I would definitely love to sit down and talk with him, although I heard it's difficult to have any kind of conversation with him whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, as, yep, yep. Know, so as far as dead, um, I'm going to pick someone that uh, 
um, my guess is nobody uh, that you have had a podcast with has has mentioned uh, Henry Kaiser. Um, I am uh, a big fan of what he has done through uh, just through World War Two and uh, American business. And as far as the in- in- inventions and things that he's come up with, I mean, he was part of the 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 something like it was called something like the four man group they 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 built the Hoover Dam and multiple dams they um they they helped turn during World War II they turned our automotive plants into producing bombers you know um I mean it, he started Kaiser Permanente he started the first healthcare system during the the construction of of the Hoover Dam I mean there's so many things that he's done over the years and invented and he's He's not. Uh, he's he was always into lean manufacturing uh, through yeah. those years of Henry Ford. Um, uh, so he, I mean, he was able to. You know, we we've heard all the stories of how quickly they're able to produce tanks, trucks, boats, ships. The Victory. You know, it it was it's mind boggling because they could do then what we cannot do now. So right, and right, I right. don't understand how we've actually gone re- in reverse in some manufacturing aspects. So Henry Kaiser is a very uh, very unique individual, uh, and I've always been uh, always been intrigued by everything he's done. No, that is a first. That is a first. So I'm gonna yeah. spend more time on that. No, I like that. Okay, and we have had uh, we have had Elon Musk come up. So yep, yep. Um, and he's one of my he's one of mine as well. So that, that yeah, that strikes home. And I will th- throw out there that if anyone wants to learn about Henry Kaiser, one of my favorite books that I've ever read was Freedom's Forge. And it's really about how um, American uh, business just produced uh, victory through World War II. You know, it, it's, uh, it's a really, really good book. There's so many well-known people that you'll recognize their, their names in that um, it's – you won't put that I, – I listen to my books. I don't read. I don't have time to sit down and read. So – you you won't shut it off until you're done. It's really a fantastic book. Wow, love it. All right, that's on my list. Okay, last question. So, when you're able to unplug from your business, which sounds like is almost never, but <laughs> when you're actually able to unplug, whether it's on your own or with your wife, or sometimes a lot of people it's on their own. Mm-hmm. Um, what is your number one release in life when you're able to say Kaizen's on pause? You know. Everything's done for the day. The teams or the teams there, they've got it. I can kind of unplug, turn off my phone. Instagram's off. Mm-hmm. What's the one thing in life that you love to do to, to take a release? Well, um, well, first I'm going to say that my wife would argue that I never shut off Instagram. So we'll start with that. But um, <laughs> mine too, by the way. Yeah. Mine too. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I would say by the end of the week, by Thursday, Friday, I'm really craving a night out. I love to eat. I love food. I love good quality food. I love to go out. My wife and I, it's just one of our favorite things to do is just to dine out with the two of us, with our, with our kids, we have son and daughter, although they're getting older, they're 15 and uh, 18 and they don't so much like dining out with us anymore. (laughs) And, uh, but you know, my wife and I really enjoy our, uh, our, our time together and, uh, we both love food. So, I do look forward to that uh, as as a release, um, and uh, I would say if I'm at the shop, it's if it's on the weekend, and I just have to get away. And, and I think you and I uh, talked about this. We have yep. something called the the Kaizen Toy Garage now, and I have uh, I keep my '47 uh, Dodge truck in there, oh, yeah. and um, 
my son has his bike. I have a bike in there. My employee Eddie keeps his bike in there. And uh, I'll just, we'll just kind of, I see him going in there every now and then too. We just kind of go in there and just, you know, get away. You know, it's, uh, it, and, and whether it's to work on something or just like, I need a break, you know, I'm going to go in the yep. other room kind of thing. Yep. Um, yep. It, it's a nice release, whether it's for a minute or an, an hour or you need to spend a few hours just putzing around and, you know, with my, uh, gearhead roots, uh, you know, working <laughs> on the truck or, or whatever it is. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's my two releases, I guess. I love it. I love it. No, this has been incredible. Um, this is one of the, you know, one of the best podcasts we've had, you know, from, from, you know, starting out age 14 to, to where you are today, triumphs, tribulations, bankruptcy, uh, to servicing some of the biggest customers and, and agency, you know, government agencies, it sounds like in the world, you know, it's, uh, it's a story of, you know, truly hard, hard work and determination and uh, not letting the the down moments, you know, get you down. And, yeah, um, for sure. For sure. And you've, and you've, you've carved it. You've, you've, um, I was going to make a pun about you've carved out your niche, but, uh, <laughs> but that'd have been too fucking corny. So, <laughs> so no, so I'm, I'm glad, honestly, appreciate you taking the time. This is one of the longest podcasts we've had, but it was too good to stop it early. So no, I'm, I'm, uh, we really appreciate Brian, your time talking about all the historical stuff. And then obviously all, all things that Kaizen is, and obviously we'll, we'll be, you know, talking about Kaizen all week and driving back to, to the business and um and anyone has questions clearly you know by this you message or reach out to them you're going to get to brian so he's you will sooner or later you will get to me just keep trying that's what i would say keep trying because right now i'm uh, i'm doing the majority of it yes (laughs) yeah awesome awesome all right thanks so much brian we'll talk soon talk soon thank you very much